0: Welcome to Jerusalem Studio Podcast. Join us to discuss the latest updates from Israel and the region.
1: Shalom and welcome to Jerusalem Studio. Washington and Jerusalem have long had a two-tiered relationship with an underlying third one, that of the ties between people based on values, culture and identity. At the top, the political echelons interact and right now, there seems to be a built-in tension between the Biden Administration and the Netanyahu Government. Professionally, the channels between the military and intelligence services on both sides are extremely strong, but they are subject to political guidance from above. The global context is, of course, the rise of China as a long-term factor and the almost year-long Ukraine war, with its impact on Israel's relations with Russia, with their Syrian and Iranian parameters. All that considered, where is the U.S.-Israel alliance headed, and are there obstacles on the road to that destination? To analyze it, we are joined from all the way across the pond in Washington, D.C. Brigadier General, retired Brigadier General, if I may, Mark Kimmett, who is the former, a former Assistant Secretary of State for Political-Military Affairs. Thank you for joining us, General. Also joining us from Central Israel Brigadier General in Reserve, Doron Gavish, who is a former Air Defense Chief at the Israel Air Force. Thank you for joining us as well, General. Uh, and with us here at the studio is Mr. Amir Oren, our editor-at-large and uh, host of Watchmen Talk, Powers in Play, and so much more. Amir, give us a broader understanding on uh, this ironclad, on the one hand, but also very complex dynamic of relations between Israel and the United States. So,
0: as our uh, distinguished uh, guests uh, know um, too well, intelligence analysts, as well as uh, scholars, always debate um, capabilities versus intentions. And um, obviously intentions generate capabilities over time, but in order to use those capabilities, what count uh, is the intention of uh, the top echelon, the, the political masters of the military. And therefore, it makes sense that regardless of what presidents and secretaries of state and Congress Uh, things at any one time, if the capability will not be honed by uh, cooperation between officers and commands, by exercises, by uh, writing uh, protocols and uh, exchanging doctrinal notes, and so on and so forth, even if there is an intention to use these capabilities, uh, they will atrophy. So um, it does make sense that the Central Command, CENTCOM, and the IDF um, were involved uh, over the uh, last several days in uh, probably the largest exercise of its kind. Um, And um, this exercise involved aircraft, ships, missiles, ground troops, special forces. Whatever you, uh, you want um, uh, to take from the menu, it's there. And um, that uh, does not contradict the other fact which you uh, mentioned, that uh, Biden and Netanyahu do not see eye to eye, especially, on the future of the Palestinian-Israeli track, which is um, why uh, Secretary of State uh, Blinken is supposed to be here next week.
1: Indeed, with that being said, of course, prior to this uh, joint uh, military maneuver that was indeed in a a scale considered to be unprecedented uh, in its size, uh, we had here National Security Council uh, uh, Director of the United States, of course, the the White House uh, Security uh, Advisor, Jake Sullivan, uh, during which he held meetings with uh, his counterpart, of course, uh, the new counterpart here in Jerusalem, Tsakha Negbi, with the Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and various uh, leaders, uh, top leaders in the defense establishment here, uh, and uh, there was discussion about uh, re-engaging more deeply on uh, various security challenges, on on uh, but you know,
0: challenges. But you know, such visits are not really intended uh, for discussions. It's either to read the riot act to the uh, host, and uh, additionally, the very fact that there is such a, a visit makes the government delay whatever moves it intended uh, mostly on the settlement settlement uh, side of the territory so the Biden administration has gained a week by the Sullivan visit. Now it will gain another one because on the eve of the Blinken visit, uh, during the Blinken visit, right after the Blinken Mm -hmm. visit, uh, Netanyahu is not supposed
1: to allow any settlement activity. And um, this is how they work day by day. Well, politics are being played on both sides. But with that being said, uh, there is an underlying statement in this joint maneuver. And I'd like to ask uh, General uh, Kimmett, To what degree is this signal directed at either Russia, which has deployed uh, various systems into Syria as a deterrent against Israel, uh, or its uh, uh, deepening partner uh, and ally, uh, the Islamic Republic of Iran, which uh, does not truly need any introduction, obviously. Uh, Is this uh, a signal that will resonate in both Tehran and Moscow?
2: Well, I certainly hope so, but I believe, Jonathan, that the audiences are far more than simply Russia and Iran. Uh, there is a been a concern in the region that the United States is pulling out. Uh, it is clear that this largest ever exercise with Israel demonstrates that the United States still seems to sees the Middle East as uh, contested territory. And we want to send a clear message that we haven't left. But I also think that it's a message to China. Uh, not only our ability to operate in Ukraine and support operations in Ukraine, but the very fact that we can conduct simultaneous with that, the largest military exercise with Israel ever, uh, should show, as one defense analyst said, that we can walk and chew gum at the same time. So this very, very large military exercise has a number of audiences, and uh, we certainly hope they're all watching.
1: Indeed, of course, this comes uh, also at the... Uh, uh, following uh, the the visit to the region by Xi Jinping to Saudi Arabia and other countries uh, here in the region. Uh, We just had King Gong, the foreign minister, the recently appointed foreign minister of China, visit uh, Egypt, among others, which is a U.S. partner. So uh, there is a lot of uh, uh, strategic power competition being uh, exercised here throughout this region. Uh, General uh, uh, Gavish, I'd like to hear your take on the latest developments in that front.
3: Well, first of all, I would like to um, um, to say that I, I really see it. I I, I with I. I mean, as the General Committee said it, and but I think also uh, we should add that, that um, you know this is not a, a one exercise that we are doing uh, or the first exercise and so on. I think one of the other thing which is very important, and this is even looking here into Israel, is the is is the commitment of the United States for the security and for the defense. Uh, of Israel, Um, we are doing a series of exercises for the last uh, 20 years and and, and even more. Uh, We see it on the Juniper uh, Cobra series, Juniper Falcon series, huge exercises, boots on the ground, thousands of uh, U.S. soldiers uh, together with Israeli soldiers. So I think that uh, it, it does signal to everyone, as it, as it was saying uh, before, but it is also a signal that uh, those relations between the United States and Israel, those are long uh, relations. And, uh, you know, we talked about it a few, a few weeks ago that uh, it doesn't really matter who is the one who is leading and who is the one who is there within uh, the two countries. The, the bond between Israel and the United States is, is still there, and until those exercises are also a big sign to everyone about that.
1: Indeed, Mr. Owen.
0: Well, obviously, the exercise is not being held in the United States. You could have found uh, a piece of desert in, in New Mexico or Arizona um, and uh, transport all of the Israelis. To exercise that but the the entire point of this exercise is first of all to familiarize a new generation of American officers and fighting men with the terrain prevalent in in this region and um, regarding what you asked about the audience the fact that Israel has highlighted the um, air refueling capacity of American Refuelers, American tankers with Israeli planes, even though the supply of similar planes to Israel is only a few years into the future, signals to the Iranians that uh, if the uh, time arises, the United States might even land, loan, whatever you call it, uh, such planes to Israel, because obviously the Israeli Air Force, in order to sustain an operation, not uh, a one-shot bombing run, but to sustain an operation against the Iranian infrastructure would need such a refueling capacity. So this is very important that it is being done here. And also B-52s for the first time are going to bomb
1: the Negev. Live munitions. Yes,
0: live munitions, and um, hopefully nobody is there. Uh, in the desert uh, during that time, because they will not have uh, many chances to go home and um, report.
1: Indeed, hopefully uh, uh, it will remain clear of uh, any human life. But uh, with that being said, General uh, Kimmet, uh we see that there is a deepening of cooperation, despite the, the years long of, of joint uh, exercises, uh, as General Gavish mentioned, uh, there still remain gaps. When it comes to policies uh, on the global scale, one of those gaps is indeed uh, the war in Ukraine in light of various concerns and considerations here in Jerusalem uh, related to uh, Russia being uh, present in Israel's northern neighbor, Syria. To what degree do you see that as a good enough reason for Israel's uh, reluctance from sending uh, munitions to Ukraine or granting uh, Ukraine various uh, uh, tools to defend itself in alignment with NATO and the United States in particular. Uh, Is this something that is seen also um, unfavorably in Washington?
2: Well, I, I certainly don't think unfavorable would be the term. I think disappointed would be a better term. But it really goes back to the first comments that were made about capabilities and intentions. Uh, I would actually say this is more about interests. Look, countries don't have friends as they say they have interests. And clearly uh, what we'd like to do is have interests that completely converge with that of Israel and vice versa. But I think everybody recognizes that if you think of this as a Venn diagram between the two countries, there are many areas where we agree, many areas where we disagree. Uh, But every country is responsible for looking out for its own interests. So there's clearly a rationale and an argument uh, for uh, Israel's stance with regards to supplying arms and equipment to Uh, the Ukrainians. uh, I would say that the United States is disappointed in the decision, but understands why Israel did make that decision.
1: Uh, General Gavish, you mentioned uh, several times as the uh, general who actually implemented uh, the Iron Dome into uh, Israel's defense system uh, or defense array. Uh, Is that uh, a Dependable request or or request that uh, uh, was legitimate from the Ukrainian side, considering the fact that under the table there's been plenty of help uh, from Israel towards Ukraine. But of course, uh, uh, it will remain there for so long as the policy is not changing.
3: From, from their point of view, it's legitimate that they would ask. Uh, but I think that the view of Israel of that on that was the. Uh, it was mentioned by uh, Benny Gantz, who was our Minister of Defense. And he was talking about, uh, you know, first uh, that Israel must look around it, and uh, um, we're not sure that uh, we would like to be the first ones that uh, Israeli weapons would be the one that would shut down uh, Russians' airplanes. Uh, we have um, 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 around us all kind of other interests that we should also look at. I think that there is also a pragmatic uh, part of it. Uh, This is a highly top secret system uh, that um, we have to look carefully uh, where it is being deployed and what are the risks from this point of view. And by the way, also from another pragmatic point of view, and and here I'm I'm speaking as a professional, we have to remember that uh, this is a super Western uh, high level, high technique. Um, um, I would say system, and it's not a matter of uh, let's deploy it and let's and, and it would work. Uh, you have the, there is a long time of uh, training to it. Uh, it takes a long time uh, to um, to build the structure around it because it's not only that the system is the one who is shooting. There is C two and a lot of other things which are uh, going with it. So this is also things that uh, should be taken in consideration. And and by the way, we don't have enough Iron Dome even for Israel. We think that we need more to ourselves. So to produce such a system also takes time. So, you know, talking about the Iron Dome, I think that uh, this is something which is uh, much more challenging even than other uh, systems.
1: General Kimmett.
3: Well, I,
2: look, I understand those uh comments, I would make the same argument that we were able to uh, make the decision to bring the Ukrainians back to train on patriots. Patriots, too, are in short supply. But I think the United States made the right decision to uh, make a major investment in Ukrainian defense capabilities by deploying the patriots. And all these issues of training, maintenance, um, uh, they were decisions that the United States had to make about the Patriot system, which is, I think, why there may be some disappointment uh, over the Iron Dome system, especially one that was uh, co-developed with the United
3: States.
1: General Gavish, would you like to respond?
3: No, no, it's, uh, you know, it's not an argument between us. Uh, this was uh, only one of the uh, reasons, as I mentioned, there are uh, others also. So when you take all of the considerations together, I think that uh, one can understand the Israeli uh, point of view on this, and, and, and as it was said before, you know, sometimes we, we agree to disagree, so this is
1: it.
0: Well, we have seen um, uh, in recent days the um, arguments back and forth regarding the tanks, whether the United States should supply the Abrams. Uh,
1: which is... Uh, An argument between Germany and yes, but the United States, right?
0: No, Well, even within uh, Europe, between Germany and Poland regarding the Leopard, but, but when, it was, when it was the Abrams pitted against the Leopard, the argument was that the Leopard, because it runs on diesel, it's easier to maintain and um, uh, demands a shorter logistics uh, tail. Uh, and therefore it will be better for the Ukrainians if they need it now, not a few months from now, to have it. But let me go back to uh, the uh, war reserve stocks in Israel, war stocks reserve um, in Israel. I think it's a very good example of showing to the American public uh, in addition to other audiences that yes, it is not only essential for Israel to have it here, This is, of course, a lesson of the Yom Kippur War. Uh, Once war breaks out, it is um, uh, very, very important for the munitions to be here before the war uh, in order to avoid the time lag and the overflight and other problems uh, you have with European allies. However, this was sold to Congress and the public at the time as an opportunity for the United States to have it closer to the front uh, when it needs it, in the Republic of Korea, South Korea too. Israel and uh, the ROK are the two places in the world. So here we are, there is an emergency, there is this problem of drawdown from American stocks in the United States, almost $30 billion worth of arms and uh, munitions have already been supplied or pledged uh, to Ukraine, fine. Um, Please take the shells out of uh, the uh, uh, stocks here, and then uh, you can replenish it um, uh, whenever uh, you're free to do it.
1: Indeed. Well, I'd like to hear uh, the perspective of uh, 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 generals uh, uh, attending the show, but uh, just an. Interesting conversation I had with uh, a few German uh, generals and, and uh, other Europeans on this matter explicitly. Uh, the Polish Leopard tanks are not the same um, level as the German ones at this stage, of course. And the German generals uh, mentioned that if uh, the, uh, enter, uh, the uh enter the Ukrainian field of operation, ultimately they would reach their objectives the fastest because they are the fastest tanks as opposed to the Leopard that are more all around, of course, uh, General Kimmett can uh, attest to the uh, variables on that. But uh, when we're talking about the complexity of the relations between Israel and uh, the United States, to what degree is this relationship going to expand on various horizons, uh, including in Ukraine, including elsewhere, uh, at the moment when strategic competition turns to a whole other level?
2: Well, look, uh, I characterize this issue with the uh, Iron Dome and other equipment as as a disappointment, but I I really don't think it's going to impair the overall relationship. This is just one issue in a number of issues that are looked at on a day-to-day basis. So I certainly don't think that there is anything preventing an expansion of our relationship, even though we already have a very, very robust relationship. So uh, there may be one or two desk officers somewhere in the Pentagon that are throwing rocks against the window because of this issue, but uh, they're not the ones that really make the policy. The policy is, is and has been for decades that uh, uh, the iron and solid relationship between the two countries is, is permanent. Uh, it, it does withstand for the most part uh, political changes in office So I don't think that the current situation is uh, anything to be concerned about.
1: General Gavish, I see you're uh, shaking your head in acquiescence. Uh, To what degree do you see this also translated uh, into the field in Syria, considering the fact that... uh, There are joint interests between the United States and and Israel in Syria, particularly, where uh, we see American troops under Operation Inherent Resolve operating in Otanf and uh, elsewhere, of course, Al-Hasakah and so on, uh, being subject to various aerial threats uh, at times. And, uh, of course, the United States uh, has plenty of tools to defend its own. Uh, Nevertheless, uh, there are shared operational considerations uh, in this area of operations, even though... Uh, particularly in Syria, when we're speaking, the main focus of Israel and the United States together is more of a intelligence nature, is it not?
3: Well, there, there is a tight uh, cooperation in, 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 in quite a lot of fields, uh, intelligence is, is one of them, and without getting into the details themselves. But it is obvious that uh, those relations, and, and again, if we are looking in the last two to three years, look, look what happened here. There was the Abraham Accord that was led by the United States, helping Israel um, from a strategic point of view. I think this was a huge, huge advantage uh, to, to, to all the players, of course, for Israel. And uh, the decision from the operational side to move from uh, Yukon to Senko, this, uh, this is not only a political uh, decision, this is an operational, pragmatic uh, decision because now we are looking together, all of us on the same OR, the same commanders, U.S. commanders that are dealing with this region, are dealing also uh, with Israel. We are here, they are there, and, uh, and we are together. So I think that uh, from this point of view, the, the relations between Israel and the United States even went higher, I would say, on the operational, on the strategic. Uh, Point of view if we're looking at it uh, from the defense point of view for sure Uh, So so I you know, I I think that this is long time and 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 the graph is looking like this It's it's even going higher regardless who is in the in the government from both sides
1: and the deepening cooperation between well,
0: well, I um, the the last persons on earth uh, who have to hear it from me are uh, the two generals, uh, but For the sake of the audience, obviously, uh, militaries fight the way they train. The more they train, the more more, um, they are capable to do it from day one. And the historical uh, experience of both the United States and Israel has made it vow, as uh, General Kimmich's army uh, knows full well, uh, to win the first fight, not to uh, absorb the first blow by the enemy, which may be necessary for political reasons, because you have to convince your electorate that it was not a war of choice, that the other side did indeed intend to hit you. But when you do that, you are at a disadvantage professionally. So what the militaries are doing now jointly is prepared to win the first fight whether they do it separately or together
1: well, of course uh, w- another thing that was highlighted when we we're talking about the joint operation particularly was the fact that they were talking about naval targets uh, considering the fact that this is of course one of the assets of the Islamic Republic of Iran in the area where it's uh, investing a lot with the little it has into
0: it's, well, naval it's, capabilities. it's a
1: naval theater here Indeed. Well, uh, we don't have very much time left, roughly two minutes to the end of the program, so I'd like to give each and every one of you the opportunity to have somewhat of a uh, projection for the near future. General Kimmett, we'll start with you.
2: Oh, I I think we'll be fine. Uh, Policy is more important than personality. Policy of the last 55 years has demonstrated the relationship between the two countries. Uh, Differences in personality between people like Netanyahu and Biden Uh, are a transitory issue, ephemeral in some cases, and uh, I think we're going to remain good partners, uh, good friends, uh, good colleagues on the battlefield if necessary for quite some time. General Gavish?
3: I I would just want to refer in in one minute, uh, even less, uh, to what was said by Batamir. I think that the other thing which is super important for both of us, Israel and the United States, is the the deterrent part. And whatever we are doing, this is part of our deterrence, which which is, uh, you know, one of the pillars of our national uh, strategy. And both of us, Israel and United States, uh, we would prefer to deter our enemies so, uh, and prevent the next war. So this, this is also part of this deterrent, whatever is happening between the two countries. And I really would like to echo what was said by... A general commit. Um, you know, those are long-time relations. I personally saw it in the last uh, 20 years. I see it today. And um, you know, remember, I really had this uh, uh, privilege to shoot against SCAD sitting shoulder to shoulder instead of uh, during the beginning of the 90s. And, uh, and I saw the commitment of the U.S. soldiers. I always told them this is nothing trivial. Uh, to see their coming to Israel, willing to uh, risk their life for the defense of Israel. So it's there, and uh, it's highly appreciated, and uh, it's very strong. Last sentence.
0: The United States is helping the Israel Defense Forces when it's on defensive missions.
1: Indeed. Well, this all the time that we have for today. I'd like to thank General Kimmett. General Gavish and Mr. Owen for being part of today's panel. I'd like to thank our viewers as well. And we will see you next time. Until then, shalom.
0: Thank you for joining us in another Jerusalem Studio podcast. For more content on Israel and its region, we invite you to visit our website at tv7israelnews.com and follow us on social media.